We gonna do it podcast microphone style. We gonna make it quick. You lacking, you tripping, you slacking, impatient, you waiting. What is up, Empower family? We are here live in the Empower warehouse with one of the most incredible guests I think we've had for a while. Micah, the flopper, Capson, is here live with us today. Micah, if you do hear any like banging or pounding, um, it's coming from the construction that's going on around us constantly here at the warehouse. We're going to be finishing up that project here shortly, but um, we're happy to have you, man. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm glad to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Dude, Micah has some impressive statistics from both last year and this year, I guess last season and this season. Uh, Micah, the reason that he's on this podcast today right now is because just recently, a couple weeks ago, he set the Empower record for most door-to-door leads generated in a day. And so Micah generated, or he set 26 appointments in one single day. The impressive part, because I was unfortunately tasked with auditing every single one of all of the leads that day, (laughs) was that he set all of these appointments literally within, I think, a mile and a half radius. Like, there weren't leads from, like, his his referral down the you know another town over or from his last customer a couple towns over or from his friends in the other areas like these were all his sets in a one mile radius and probably a 12 to 14 hour knocking day which is obviously longer than usual but extremely impressive michael last year started at our at our company in mid-june and from mid-june to the end of the season last year he generated and was deposited uh, from that season's work, $103,000 from that one season and is now on his way to making even more this year. So pretty impressive, dude. Micah, were you always uh, always that good at setting appointments? Um, n- no. I mean, my first, what was it, like three weeks, um, I worked at a different company briefly. They didn't even give me a pitch, so I was awful over there. I think I set his two appointments in three weeks. And then after that, I slowly just started developing skills and you just build skill after skill and it becomes easier. What What's your mindset going into a day where you know that you're about to do something that you've never done before, like break a record like that? Um, my mindset is just be abundant and I have to get the bill as fast as possible because the faster I get the bill, the faster I can set that appointment. And so I was doing basically anything I could to get a hold of the customer's attention, break that preoccupation, and then get that bill as fast as possible. You have a pretty big sense of urgency when you were on the doors that day. Like, I mean, and did you, did you come into the day wanting to break the record? Was that your plan? So I didn't necessarily want to break the record. I did promise everybody I wouldn't come home until I was in first place or it was midnight. So I'm like, it's going to be a crazy day. <laughs> What was the competition going on that day? I remember there was something special going on. Yeah, it was the Memorial Day competition. So whoever had the most sets would win the cold plunge. So everybody in my house is like, we need to get that cold plunge. Like, Micah, go get it for us. I'm like, okay, I'll get you guys. (laughs) So essentially, it was your entire team had to select one guy to go out and Mm -hmm. win that cold plunge for them. You volunteered as tribute to go out for the day and sacrifice your Memorial Day. I bet the rest of the guys were off hanging out at the beach. And you were just grinding all day long for that cold plunge. Dude, honestly, if I was you, I would not let him use it one time. I'd, I'd be plunging <laughs> on my own, like off limits to everyone. Because the cold plunge that you got is actually dope, dude. It's it's the it's like the one that comes with its own filter, its own cooler. And it's just like it's mobile too. You can take it wherever you want, right? Yeah. That's exciting. Did they volunteer you? 
I'm one of the few vets on my team right now. And so I'm always pulling the most bills every day, or at least weekly I pull the most. And they're like, Micah, it's, it's you, you. Like, it has to be you. I know they're trying to pull in Hans, the, the goat from closing, but he's a little out of touch because he closes usually now. And so it's it down between Hans the two of out us. Of touch. That's a phrase you don't hear very Hans, often. Dude, I, I don't know if Hans has knocked a door for a while. Micah, you can you can let us know, dude. How long has it been since Hansy boys knocked a door? Um, I think it's he usually knocks like one or two a week. I know of. Um, okay. But because he's not doing high volume like he used to, he's. I mean, he's he role plays with us and everything like that, so he doesn't look rusty. But he says he's a little rusty, so we'll see. He knocks one or two doors a week, or he sets one or two appointments a week. <laughs> It's well. It sounds like he like after an appointment, or if it's a no show, he'll like knock one or two doors. So, oh, okay. But he's got some set closes this year. I've seen the pay go out. He's got some sets. He's he's doing it for sure, yeah. dude. Well, it's got to feel good, Micah, to have to have your entire team look at you as the guy in that situation. When they're when they're when it comes down to the point where it's like we got to find one guy to go out and win this for us, they picked you. Why do you think that is? Um, it's just because I I have a nickname on our team. Um, it's pretty recent. I'm the machine, just because I put the hours in every day. <laughs> I don't quit early or other things like that. So even when I want to, because oftentimes I feel like, hey, like it's seven, I already have five or six appointments. I'd like to call it a day. I look at my watch and I'm like, just one more hour, just one more hour. Let's get one more bill. Can you walk us through the machines funnel? Like you're probably pretty systematic, very logical in your approach to how you knock. You know, what does your funnel look like? How many hours, how many sets per hour, how many sets, so on and so forth? What does that look like? Yeah, so I knock at minimum six hours every day. Uh, I try to be on the doors before two, and I knock past eight every day. That's the bare minimum. Uh, I try and usually do closer to seven, so I get out at one thirty and then end closer to 8.30. Um, but it does vary because I'm in car groups and whatnot. Uh, I knock at minimum 75 to 80 doors a day. Uh, it kind of depends on how spread apart the houses are. Um, I remember one time we were in more um, Reno Valley, Paris area. I had to walk 10 and a half miles in one day just to hit that number because the houses were so far apart. Um, but that was wow. one of my best days. I had eight appointments and I think six of them sat. So that's what we usually see. So for my freshies, I have around a 35, 40% sit ratio. It's pretty low. That's one thing I'm working on like crazy right now is just because um, that's one thing I learned on that day with the 26 sets is that it doesn't matter how many appointments you create and it doesn't really matter how many sits you have. What really matters is how many installs you get because there's three different types of appointments you can set and everything I've seen, it's worthless unless it's going towards install. So you have to set the right expectations. Um, what are those three like different types reason. of appointments? Yeah. So you have the one where you just get the bill and you set an appointment where you basically just like, oh, they'll come back at seven and then like it's an appointment. But they're basically never there. Um, then from there, you do anything you can for them to sit. Um, and at that point, if you set wrong expectations, you're like, hey, like you're going to cut your bill in half and all these other things, they'll sit down and they'll talk with your closer. But if you set the wrong expectations, they'll come in and then they'll show them like it's more of a bill swap. They'll get pissed at you guys and they'll, they'll tell you to leave. So you're not getting it installed. So that's why I've been focusing a lot more after getting the bill. That's when the majority of my talking with the homeowner takes place. And it's just setting proper expectations expectations making sure that they're even a qualified sit like with credit and everything else like that does the beginning of your pitch for all three appointment types you know does, is the beginning at least the same and it sounds like what follows up you know getting the bill is where you either set better expectations or solidify the appointment is that right yeah so the beginning is basically always the same um but the biggest thing that everybody needs to focus on is building that urgency and pain so when going over the bill 
and then setting the expectations. Because when you go into depth and you really prod them and really pull out their pain points, it really makes them want to sit. So that increases that sit ratio. And then when you set better expectations, it improves that close ratio. Oh, that's that's very that's very wise. I hope, I hope people are taking notes on that. Can we hear just the can you just walk <laughs> us through just like thousand foot view your door pitch that at least that initial part before you ex, before you set expectations? Yeah, so I go right into the bill. I usually do more of the local power pitch and talking about programs. And so I go um, onto that right hand side of page three, it just lists out the transmission charges, distribution charges, nuclear uh, decommissioning. And I literally just read that off to them like, hey, you're paying X amount for transmission. You're paying this amount for distribution. That's because they're having to ship the power from far away. And I just build all this pain. I'm like, did you guys even realize you're paying this? And half the time they have no clue that was a thing. And then just talk about how that's usually between 45 to 60% of the bill for the homeowners. And I'll do the rough math. And usually it's around that 55, 60% mark for them. And then just talk about how they really don't have to keep paying for that. And so that's why we're going to look into the local power with getting power closer to home. And that's when I start leading more towards solar and like put that idea in their head. Because if you only talk about the programs pitch, then oftentimes they get confused or they don't know what's going on. Or if they do sit and they only are expecting programs and you start talking about solar, they just get pissed because you just bait and switch them. So I have to plant both seeds there. Incredible, dude. That's some good advice. Dude, tell me what what is the what is the sign of, hey, the day's done for you? Like being a machine like you are, it's literally your mm-hmm. nickname, one of your many nicknames. But being the machine, like when do you decide, okay, I'm done for today? Is it a number of sets that you get? Is it an hour of the day? Is it when it's dark enough you can't see your hand in front of your face? Like when is Micah done with his day? Uh, usually it's when my car group is calling it quits. Um, I will make them wait for me. If I just barely got a set, I'm going to knock the next door. I never end on a set because that's, that's when you get the hot hand. And if I'll keep getting sets at that point, I'm like, hey, like just sit in the car. I'll literally like, I'll give you a little bit of that set. Just, just wait for me. Um, I haven't had to pay him out yet um, because usually I get one set and then maybe a second set and it's only been five minutes. At that point, then I get a no because the more no's you get, um, in my opinion, the better. What's your average per day as far as sets goes? How many how many appointments do you set in a day? Yeah, it depends on my territory. If I'm more upper class, it's usually between two to five sets. Um, if I'm in some good hood, like I was in the competition, um, it's anywhere between like seven to 12. So the lower income, usually the more people are home. So the more people I can talk to. What are you mainly looking for when you're prospecting? Like what's a good solar candidate from like a, from the street view, from the curb, from the curb uphill view? Yeah. So if they have a good roof and they are, if the roof's not completely covered in solar, I'm knocking on that door. That's, that's all that matters. I know I can sell them. Incredible. Wow. So speaking of your nicknames, right? So we've got the machine and then Kaiden mentioned the flopper. This is a story I've been really anxious to uh, explore on the on this call. So uh, they call you the flopper. I believe this goes back to the Timber Moose retreat that we do every year. Uh, Micah was there. We are having a series of competitions, and uh, the the one of the competitions was a flop or a, what was it? The the send competition or what? It's the week. It's the it's the annual Timber Moose Lodge uh, send. No, not send. Uh, Huck. 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 Huck the fest. Huck, the yeah. Huck fest, dude. And so guys are jumping off this this railing. Don't tell Adam Pisaki's family that we're jumping off of it because he gets in trouble every year. But uh, guys are all jumping off this railing, and 
Um, the winner is based off style, sacrifice, whoever's putting their body on the line to make something sick happen. And Micah stands up there. What did you do, Micah? So I stood up on the rail and then I just jumped, went to a T and then just backflopped as hard as I could from about 18 feet. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you, I just want to, just want to confirm, did you have blisters on your back after this flop was performed? My back was perfectly fine. I had a little bit of bruising oh, wow. on like my butt thigh area, but nothing crazy. So I, I hear when, when you do this and you've, you've practiced this, this, uh, this huck before, I guess this wasn't your first uh, full backflop, but I heard that you'd have momentary paralysis while you're in the water. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. So when you hit that hard and you stimulate so many nerves, your body just kind of is trying to figure out what's going on. And so you just, the biggest thing is, you just have to just go limp. Um, otherwise, some like I've like gone into like a state of like panic, and at that point, like you could drown. So you just you just relax as much as you can, and you just sink into the water, and then you come back up. So it's just, basically paralysis for like five seconds. Dude, what's your what's your limit? Like what what is the max height that we can that we can see a backflop from you? Um, it, I guess it kind of depends on how hyped I'm in and the mood. I don't want to go above 25 feet though that's when it starts getting dangerous and you can have organ damage so i don't oh, think okay. i've done above 20 feet so far though oh, Dude, so 25 feet that's when the vital organs are in, in, <laughs> that's in, they're in danger yeah because <laughs> you did one in mexico too that was pretty high Dude, off that rock remember mm -hmm. yeah i think that Man, one was about dude. 20 feet dude honestly like there are some parallels here between Micah's mindset on the doors and the mindset that it takes to just sacrifice your body like that. Like, it's kind of crazy. What, what, how would you describe your mindset in a few words? My mindset is that I'm always like, when it comes to like the backflop and stuff like that, I'm always willing to try something new as long as it won't permanently damage me. And another okay. thing with that is that pain's very temporary. And oftentimes after that pain, you can feel a lot more pleasure and bliss. Wow! And the the so. bliss, uh, the pleasure was great for the backflop competition. It got a thousand bucks. Thousand bones, dude! Just for putting your body on—not well, uh, just for putting your body online. No one else was gonna do that. Like you were the only one there that had the mindset strong enough to literally just wreck yourself. It just—it just blew our minds. Like everyone was doing. You know, we had some double fronts and some aerials. We had Will Watanabe doing a pretty impressive jump as well. Dude, Close second place. Completely butt naked, just. <laughs> flying off i could it was it was wild dude there's things flying everywhere and then micah out of nowhere just stands up there and just and just silently falls from 18 feet straight onto his back and it just blew our minds it was a 10 it was a 10 10 10 across the board from all three judges so yep. crazy it was, it was impressive it was a it was a feat of it was it was exactly what micah said like pain's temporary the award is worth it and that's that's how he, that's that same mindset he takes to the doors like it's not easy every day knocking doors. And I know that Chandler knows that. And you probably know that better than anyone. Mm -hmm. You're going out every single day to put your, your, yourself on the line in front of these homeowners, right? I mean, every single day you're knocking on doors. People don't always want you there, right? And uh, you, got, you got to be mentally tough. And I think you own that. And I think that's why you own, you own this record that you have currently. Dude, we're going to go to a little segment of the show. We're going to call the first door segment. I want to hear about your first door. Tell us what it felt like, what you were going through the first time you ever knocked a door for sales. Oh my goodness. My very first door, I was literally shaking. Um, like, the, I, like I said, I was at a different company. Um, 
they literally just threw me out the doors like go have fun i didn't have a pitch or anything so i'm like uh what am i gonna say i was literally shaking and knock on that door and then luckily nobody answered i was like oh my goodness <laughs> then i walked over to the neighbor's house knocked on that door and then i'm like okay like I'll, I'll talk about like the meter because i saw something about that online because like i did a little bit of google i'm like okay i need to figure out something to say um and then the guy opens up the door and he's like come on in i'm like what and he's just in a robe and whatnot and he's like wait oh are, are you not john i'm like no I'm like who's john he's like oh I, I thought you were him i'm like okay and he's like wait, what are you here about and then I, I like I asked him like, oh, I'm looking for the homeowner and whatnot. And he's like, oh, he's busy right now. Um, and then I heard some very um, inappropriate noises. Um, and it turns out it was a swingers party. Uh, it was a very, oh my god, very crazy first door for me. Um, and then they were trying to invite me to come in, and I'm like, no, I, I need to go back to work. And it was, it threw my rest of the day off, but I continued on. It was a very interesting first door for me. <laughs> Wow, dude. Dang, you could have got some referrals out of that one. It sounds like the neighbors <laughs> were all there. That would have been a good situation, dude, if you would have just if you would have, if you would have been a veteran, you would have known how to take advantage of that. But that's all right. We'll forgive you. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Just... Um, but now that you have been in the industry for I mean, you've been working just at Empower for a full year. You're a you're what we would call a a sophomore. You know, you got your time, you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're you're definitely dialed in a lot of ways. Do you still have some of those nervous feelings when you approach a door or no? Is that done and gone with? Um, I guess it depends on the day. Um, sometimes I like my first two doors. I've like, I literally like my hands will shake still and I can feel my heart beating like crazy. But after usually the third door, I'm, I'm back to normal. It's, I don't know. I just, I just feel that weird anxiety every time I start knocking on the doors, but it's gone. That's crazy. That's crazy. The first door anxiety, dude. I'm, I'm interested to know, you mentioned that your mindset involves being willing to try new things. And you mentioned you came from another company last year. What attracted you to Empower um, from your other company? And what attracted you here? And then why are you still here? Yeah, so the reason I got into solar, and it's kind of going into my why, is I want to create a future for my family where they can try new things. Because I feel like trying new things is what allows us to grow mentally and become stronger. And it allows us to just develop and find our potential. And... To do that, I want to be able to have my kids be able to participate in any sport they want to, get into music and other things like that. And it's not always the cheapest. And so I wanted passive income to be able to help cover that amount and be able to just lead me to being financially independent that way. And another company I went to, they kind of led me on that way. And then I just saw how they were abusing their setters because that's where everybody starts. And it was very much like you have to recruit, you have to pull these people in because then you can become a closer and then you can make the real money. And that just didn't sit right with me because I'm like, if I'm putting the hard work in, like I should be able to get that as a setter. And then I ended up talking with a couple different companies. And then I talked specifically with Hans and there was just something different about him. And I could tell that he generally cared about his people and the people that he was working with. And so then I came out here, did a three day blitz with him and everything just felt right. And then after that, I've just noticed how much, people actually care in the company, like how much Brandon cares, how much Kaiden, how much Chandler cares. And it's just, that's made me want to stay because another thing that I really want from a company is I went from being a poor college student making like, I was on the lucky end, but I was making about 20 an hour. So now when I'm knocking doors, I tracked it last year, I made a little over $117 an hour. And that's including like drive time out to area and everything. I'm like, there's no better opportunity 
And I want to be able to get that to my friends, my family, to other people, just because that's, it's a life changing thing. And so that's why I'm staying at empower because not everybody can close, but everybody can set in my opinion. Nice. When you first came over here, were you setting or closing? Did you learn how to close from the other company and then bring that, bring that here? Or what was kind of your position when you first got here? Yeah. So that other company, they were like, Hey, if you want to, you can start closing on your own. We're not going to train you how to do that. You'd have to start self-genning because you haven't recruited and brought guys on. So they kind of just let me fend for myself. And I'm like, that's not fair. Um, I put all this time and effort into you guys. Like I've already had like 25 uh, set closes at that company and I had like 10 or 15 installs and they, they just kind of like, whatever, like you're just another number for us. And that's, why I left. And then I sat for a couple months over here because Han has some very strict standards that what he wanted. So I hit that. And then he started training me how to close and I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the doors more. So that's why I went back to setting or one of the many reasons. So you made it, you were, you're one of the many here at empower that made the switch from closing back to setting because why, what was the, what was the reason? Um, one thing is, I feel like the rejection at the doors isn't that bad, but it's that when I go back to an appointment I set when I was self-genning, that just hit me way different and I couldn't really overcome that. So that's one reason I preferred going back to setting. And then also I just saw that opportunity, like when I went into a, a close, it would usually take me an hour to two hours to close them and get through all the docs. And I'm like, or I could just go to the house next door and I can set an appointment. And even if I'm only getting like 30% or 50% of that deal, like I could set two deals in an hour. And so at least one of those is going to close. And then so in four hours, I could be getting possibly two deals closed in that time where I could go to an appointment and it's not even going to close. So I can make a lot more by setting. I'm curious, what did you make per set close at your previous company? Um, it was uh, it was about 750 for anything under four kilowatts and then maxes out at 3K for anything above eight kilowatts. And that's another reason I left that company is I had a... 17 and a half kilowatt deal go through and i made three thousand dollars for setting that deal and my closer made i think it was 28k off that deal oh my goodness and so i just i felt like that was really unfair because i had to go back to that homeowner i think five different times to get his bill finally and just slowly convince him because he was interested in solar but had a lot of weird experiences with it and so i had to just keep going back and talking to him so it sounds like you're making about 150 to 200 dollars per kilowatt at that company and then compared to mm -hmm. here now you have the opportunity to participate in in the rev share model as a setter what do you think your average pay per set close will be this year um it's going to vary a lot so i specialize in true ups so it's a lot lower of a ppw than normal deals um but i believe it's going to be closer to about four to five hundred dollars a kilowatt what i'm looking at wow wow Tell us about, uh, about trips. How do you specialize in trips? What does that mean? Yeah. So one thing that I'm really good at is convincing a homeowner that already has solar, but they're running into that trip at the end of the year that, Hey, well, so there's a couple of different things that you need to do is first, you need to get the bill as fast as possible with the trip because they might not even need you. They might, their system might be working perfectly fine. And so I just literally hit them with a pullback, like right when I knock the door, I'm like, Hey, this probably doesn't affect you guys, but I'm just double checking on all this. And then I get the bill to make sure that their system's working properly. So if you go over to the bar graph on page three, right above that, there's a section that talks about generation if they have solar. Double check that those inverters are working properly. 
And then from there, I then go to the year to date charges and then kind of figure out if they're going to be paying more than a thousand or less than that. Because our teams found out if it's less than a thousand dollars, it doesn't really make sense for a closer to come back because it's going to be not a lot of money for both of you combined. So it's a waste of people's time. But I then talk up their solar and be like, hey, your solar is working great. Yeah, like that's doing all the savings for you guys. How long do you get it? And then I just talk about those rate increases like crazy. I'm like, yeah, this year it's already gone up 12% in California. Went up 4.4 back in uh, just three weeks ago, and 7.8 back in January. And then you just hit those pain points and you're like, hey, like solar's awesome. Like you guys did that. Like, why did you do that? Go into that. And I'm like, but it's not working properly. It's not fully effective for you guys. So let's get you the rest of the way there. And at that point, I kind of view myself as a doctor because I just keep seeing their symptoms. I keep asking their questions and I see what the issue is. And then I just lay out a possible solution. And then because of that, if they sit, they close. Um, my close, well, my closers ratio for my true ups right now is 100% if they've sat. And the wow. sit ratio for those appointments is just over 80%. And Incredible. so it's just being very clear with the expectations. Micah, the machine flopping doctor, dude. That's <laughs> crazy. Micah, dude, thank you so much for all this wisdom today. Uh, a lot of this, I've been taking some notes mentally, and I hope people are taking notes physically as they listen to this because a lot of nuggets were dropped today. Uh, but thank you, dude, so much for being on here. And we're excited for this to go out and uh, help our guys so they can all get a uh, Somewhere close to 26 appointments in a day. Insane. Congrats to holding that record. We appreciate you, dude. Thank you, guys.